Back in New York, I got a computer. Her name is Carmen. Every morning, right after I brush my teeth, I punch out Carmen, computer on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Now, most mornings, she spits out, Garfield, you're the fairest. But three weeks ago, she said, Garfield, Garfield, New England wire and cable is the fairest of them all. New England wire and cable? I said, what's it worth? So she showed me the numbers. You got equipment here that cost $120 million. Even at salvage, it's worth 30, 35 million. Let's, let's put down 30 million. How many acres you got? 110. Carmen and I figure even as farmland, grazing land, it's worth 10 million. Is that fair? Yeah. Let's lay the 10 under the 30. That makes 40 million. All right, and you bought some other companies, didn't you, Bill? You have a plumbing, an electrical, and some kind of adhesive company. Boring, but all making a decent profit. Carmen says they're worth another 60 mil. Let's put the 60 under the 40. And you have working capital of 25 million, 10 of it in cash. Let's put down 25 million, add them up, and see what you got. $125 million. The only bad news is that this wire and cable division isn't making a profit. And all the other divisions have to support you. Now, as a stockholder, that doesn't make me very happy. Let's say Carmen was too optimistic. Let's knock off 25 million. Here we go. Let's make it $100 million. A nice round number. I like nice round numbers. Any debt? No. Any lawsuits? Any environmental throwing your garbage in the water? Of course not, not you. What about pension liabilities? Carmen says you're fully funded. You people are dreams. I think this meeting is over. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Here comes the fun part. How many shares outstanding you got? Four million. Divide four million into 100 million, what do you get? 25. Good. That means each share is worth $25. But that was all foreplay. Let's go for the real thing. The stock was 10. When I woke up three weeks ago, that's a 10 for a $25 item. What a sale. Hello. Hello again. Hello. Hello again. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Opened up with that uh, clip from a movie from, I don't know, 1988 or something. Uh, uh, other people's money. If, uh, if you don't understand how, uh, how to balance budgets, how to run a company, that's how simple it is. It's simple math. It's some um, simple math. And if you want to hear that again and go through it one more time, go to edhoffman.net. You hear the rehear the podcast. Or, uh, you know, uh, go on Netflix and get uh, other people's money. Danny DeVito, Gregory Peck. Uh, it's a great movie. It's uh, one of my one of my all time classics. I like to use. And then of course we had a little opening uh, music from the Cars uh, because they're about to get uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, in April. And uh, so there you are. So hey, anyway, I thought that was pertinent because all the budget stuff that's talking about and government shutdowns and what we should spend money on and what's here and what's there. You know what? We got to do this. We got to do that. Hey, you know what you got to do? You got to do what you got to do. You got to take care of what needs to be taken care of, and you got to stop wasting money where it isn't necessary. And uh, 
apparently apparently they the Republicans put out a 2300-page 2, bill and uh, voted on it in in uh, 24 hours, which um, you know what? It angers me. It angers me that uh, that they did that, and uh, I do not support that at this point. But we're going to talk about that in the second half. But first, before we get into what I'm going to talk about in the first half, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, offices all over the area. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855 855- 640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're at work and you're stealing time from your boss and you don't want your neighbors to hear your personal stuff, go to uh, www.wccloans.com. That's W-C-C-L-O-A-N-S.com. And uh, click on the Loan Center, click on Apply Now, put in as much information as you want, and uh, tell us how much information you want back. You'll hear back from uh, either myself or one of my talented teammates. And uh, if you get one of my teammates, you're talking to me too, and uh, we all work together on all the loans. So just because one of them calls you doesn't mean you're not going to deal with me along the way as well. Um, But uh, do that, WCCLoans.com, Apply Now. Uh, on the oh, loan center, then apply now. If you want to hear something repeated on the show, uh, like I said earlier, d- uh, edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Go to the podcast page, and you'll hear uh, this show as well as uh, several past shows and a couple of our uh, special shows, our 9-11 tribute and our uh, Clinton casualties. I don't know what else is up there, but uh, you'll be able to do that, and you'll be able to uh, uh, listen on demand, or you also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can actually subscribe for free and actually have it automatically uh, download to your your phone or your iPod or your iPad or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your iWatch and uh, or your computer and have it uh, download and listen to it anytime you want. So uh, follow me on uh, on Twitter at Twitter at I'm at Ed Hoffman. No numbers behind that. I see so many people got hey at their name and a bunch of numbers. I signed up early. And then I never did anything with it, but I, but I got my at Ed Hoffman is me. Um, and I tweet about, I tweet about current events eh, in and out all week long. And also uh, the Facebook page for the show is uh, uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Of course, if you're on Facebook, no telling what kind of information you might be divulging. So, uh, oh, we'll talk about that in the second half as well. And don't forget my listener hotline. Uh, you know, I give you my my uh, my opinion every week, and uh, now I want to hear yours. If you got an opinion on anything I say, uh, agree or don't agree, call the listener hotline and give me your comments. Uh, speak clear and uh, and uh, don't mumble. So, in case I uh, in case I decide to play your uh, your your uh, clip on the radio, um, the listener hotline is eight five five six four zero twenty ninety two. Here's one. Here's here's one that I got. I don't know. Last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, Ed Hoffman, you are on the radio because you have a lot of good, smart, moral common sense, which I agree with. And that deal thing you're talking about, John McCain, and the way he treats people in his own family, his wife, and then people after they've been in accidents, his first wife. Uh, if you don't pass the basics, who gives a flying frick about his book? That's how I am, too. I agree with Ed Hoffman. And, uh, hey, thanks for that. Uh, this lady left a whole bunch of messages, a whole bunch of messages over the last few weeks, and I appreciate her uh, her uh, 
her uh, input, her uh, her responses, her uh, her feedback. That's the word I'm looking for. I appreciate her feedback. Um, and uh, I don't think she ever left her name. Um, but anyway, um, we'll play some more. We'll play some more in the second half. Hey, so uh, I want to talk about the school shooting that happened this week. With a much different result than what happened in Florida, uh, Maryland teenager Austin Rowland, 17, shot his 16-year-old classmate Jalen Willie uh, after she broke up with him. <sighs> you know, broken hearts are hard, but, you know, keep the guns away from them 17-year-old kids. Um, he also uh, shot uh, another 14-year-old boy who was nearby. And uh, and unlike unlike the other case, and then uh, Jalen Willie just... Uh, uh, died Friday morning. They put her. The, the first they said there were two killed plus the uh, plus the shooter, and then they said, uh, "Oh no, there's only only the shooter died." And apparently, uh, Jalen Willie was uh, on life support, and they pulled her off the pulled her off, and she died on Friday morning. So now there's two dead. But in this case, the shooter was stopped by the police officer, who actually intervened. Hey, they have a police officer there, St. Mary's County Sheriff's Deputy Blaine Gaskell, who had been assigned to the school last year, and he actually engaged. He heard shots. He ran up there and pointed his gun at the at the at the uh, perpetrator and killed him. Wow! Imagine how many other people could have been dead if he didn't do that. See there, all you high school protesters that are up there in Sacramento and all over the place, Washington D.C. this weekend. How about you third graders that walked out of class because the principal told the, or the school district told the principal to tell the teachers if they want to go, let them go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Morons. If I had, if I had school age kids, my youngest kid is going to be 32 next month. And, uh, you know, if I had school age kids, there's no way I would send them to public school anymore. No way. Hey, we need to change that. So anyway, let's let's get into the next topic. Uh, after weeks of speculation, and this was last week, we talked about this a little, uh, a little because I was recording last Friday morning, and it happened Friday afternoon or fr- no Friday night actually, um, where uh, Andrew McCabe uh, well, just got fired right before his retirement date from the uh, uh, from the FBI. Uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions authorized McCabe's termination just 48 hours before his official retirement wasn't actually Jeff Sessions. It was actually the uh, FBI's Department of uh, Professional Responsibilities or Professional Conduct or something like that who said, hey, we recommend this guy be let go. And uh, then Jeff Sessions did it. Um, The president tweeted, Andrew McCabe fired a great day for the hardworking men and women of the FBI. A great day for democracy. Sanctimonious James Comey was his boss and made McCabe look like a choir boy. He knew all about the lies and corruption going on at the highest levels of the FBI. Being fired two days before he was going to retire meant McCabe would lose part of his government pension and not all of it, as you've heard in the media. I hope he lost all of it because, you know what, if you take a position like that in the FBI and you're, and you're tasked with, with, uh, with being fair, being blind to... Uh, to uh, to color and religion and political uh, party and all that stuff, and you say hey, the law is the law. I'm gonna we're gonna investigate it and report as it is, and no special favors. You know what? You shouldn't get a pension. You should go to you should retire in behind some gray bars. So according to Yahoo Finance, McCabe is due to lose sixty thousand dollars over a five year period. This is a special enhanced rate based on his twenty plus years of service as a member of law enforcement and his high annual salary. Well, la-di-da. 
McCabe is no middle middle class earner. According to Wall Street, he has an estimated net worth of $11 million. This guy's worth $11 million, but don't tell that to the liberals who want you to believe that McCabe is a victim of Trump dictatorship. This kind of thing that we saw with respect to Andrew McCabe is the kind of thing you would expect Putin to do. My problem is the timing and the way it all worked. It just seemed mean-spirited. The point is to tear down the credibility of all people involved with anything pertaining to anything that might look into this president, which leads one to believe that this is authoritarian behavior. There are kids getting shot in our schools. There is an uh, there's an epidemic of people dying from overdoses. And what is the president uh, minding? Uh, this little vindictive, small, let's get rid of McCabe and let's deny him uh, his pension. Hey, this guy was a number two man in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You think that's not important? Hey, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of important things happening. You know, there's there's uh there's people dying across the earth. There's uh, all this stuff happening. There's uh, a wall that needs to get built. There's all this stuff, and you guys want to concern yourself with DACA with a bunch of kids that came over here illegally when they were little kids. You want to be worried with that? Oh, hey, you know what? We got these DACA kids going on, and we have the wall that needs to get built, and we have people without uh, without jobs, and we have oil that we have to buy from the Middle East because we're not, we're not uh, energy independent, and you guys want to focus on gay marriage. Hey, you, know, you, could, you could say that to anything. You could say that to anything. Hey, all this stuff's going on. And it's funny how the timing was, except for all this stuff came out on McCabe three months ago. It just took him three months to make a decision. They said, hey, if we're going to make a decision, let's do it now. Because he's going to start, he's going to retire and let's let's get rid of him before he gets his pension. We should have got rid of him years ago if we knew what was going on. Stop listening to the BS. Okay, and then here's a tweet from Obama's CIA, CIA director, uh, John Brennan, just a little over the top. And he says, and, it, and I assume he's talking to the president, when the full extent of your venility, moral turpitude, and political corruption becomes known, you will take your rightful place as disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. You may scapegoat Andy McKay, but you will not destroy America. America will triumph over you. Oh, meow. You know what? Hey, you know what, John Brennan, why don't you go sit down with the girls of The View? You might be uh, feel right at home. Wow. All right, so anyway, let's continue. After the controversial firing of Andrew McCabe, the question was whether special counsel Robert Mueller would be next. And they talk about this stuff every day. You know what? Are, is, the, is the Russian thing getting old? I don't know. It is to me. But they just won't let it go. Uh, so here's, a, here's a Senator Chris Coons. Anyone who thinks that the special counsel Robert Mueller isn't in imminent danger of being fired isn't paying attention. Yep. And then here's Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. The president is making his most aggressive moves yet to shut down the Russia probe, a dramatic shift in his legal strategy. On Saturday, Mr. Trump's attorney, John Dowd, called on Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein to, quote, bring an end to the alleged Russia collusion investigation manufactured by McCabe's boss, James Comey. The statements from the president and Dowd are the clearest sign yet that the special counsel's job may be in danger after months of dropping hints. They're the clearest signs yet that they're gonna they're about to fire him. You have no idea what you're talking about, but they're the clearest signs yet. Let's see, meet the press. Is that NBC or CBS? Or a NBC. Hmm. Man, that's not good. That's not good. These guys are just a little they're oh, that's part M- MSNBC, PMSNBC is uh, the same thing, huh? Oh yeah, part of the same company. These guys are morons. 
So also this week, the Senate Intelligence Committee, led by Republican Devin Nunes, released its findings on the Russia probe among, among their findings. A, no evidence of collusion, coordination, or conspiracy. B, no evidence Trump associates were involved in the Democratic National Committee's email leak. C, there is evidence that the Trump team had ill-advised contact with WikiLeaks. Okay. Uh, D, the Obama administration knew about Russian election meddling and their response was inadequate. Hey, we know what's going on, but we're just going to, we're just going to keep quiet because it's really going to implicate Hillary. So we better not say anything about that. Shh. Uh, and E, the fact, the fake steel dossier was the key to obtaining the FISA warrant to surveil members of the Trump team, including Michael Flynn, who was forced to resign as national security advisor. <sighs> the ranking uh, the ranking Democrat on the committee, Creepy Adam Schiff, was not too pleased about their findings. A rather sad chapter in our committee's uh, long history. It was clear that their report was going to be completely political from beginning to end. You know, is there anybody that likes Adam Schiff? You guys out there that are listening in Sherman Oaks, Burbank, San Fernando Valley, uh, wherever I know it's uh, his districts out there. What is it about this guy you like? just because you've seen his name for however many years he's been in Congress. You know what? June 5th is our primary. Don't vote for him. Don't vote for Adam Schiff. Get rid of this moron. You people in LA that are in, uh, in uh, Maxine Waters, you know what? What is it about her that you like? Oh, I don't know. She, impeach 45, impeach 45. Get rid of her. That. She, that she's a moron. She's a moron and a criminal. And if you know her background, you know what? Just... Republicans in those district, get off your butts on June 5th and, and vote in the primary and then then come out in the general election in November. But remember, California's uh the top two vote getters go to the uh go to the uh general election. If you're not in the top two, we might have two two Democrats running against each other in, in November. Get off your butt in June and vote. If you're in uh if you're in Riverside District Riverside or Moreno Valley in District 41, make sure and get off your butt. And vote for Asia Smith, and let's get rid of Mark Ticano. He's a moron too. Uh, just saying, just saying. I don't know about every all the Congress people, but I know about those. They're morons. So uh, also, while we're talking about uh, Michael Flynn, National Security Advisor, um, after Michael Flynn was stepped down, they put H.R. McMaster's in there, who was just this week fired, and they wrote they're rolling. Um, the former, the former um, John Bolton, the former uh, UN, he was he was the former Nikki Haley, the the ambassador to the UN. So uh, so John Bolton's on TV all the time. So uh, I think he's got some a good head on his shoulders. I don't know what the national security advisor job is. I don't know how hard it could be um, because they gave it to uh, Susan Rice. Oh yeah, but we were had all kinds of problems when she was in there. All right, so who knows? Who knows? So uh, that's what that's what's going on there. Um, as I skip down to my at, to my next thing here, so let's talk about the new omnibus spending bill. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to finish this before the break, but uh, Congress uh, has uh, must pass yet another spending bill. Well, they did. They spent. They passed the bill Thursday night um, or Thursday afternoon. They passed this omnibus spending bill, twenty three hundred pages of spending stuff. And uh, then uh, late, late overnight, uh, overnight, Thursday night, Friday morning, the Senate passed it. And uh, I think I heard Trump just signed it. Uh, I tweeted late at night. I put Trump, 
do not sign this bill. No wall. And of course, uh, I didn't know everything about this, but apparently this is a, uh, a six month, six month funding bill. So it's 1.3 trillion, this one. So it's only goes six months. So we have a chance before the November elections. But my concern is, uh, he didn't get $25 billion he wants for the wall. And they need to, I know they're not going to spend 25 billion in a year. It's going to take two or three years to build that wall. Although maybe Trump knows a faster way. Um, but they, but out of that, out of this, they didn't get the whole wall. And I said, no wall. If you guys lose this, the, the house or the Senate, um, in November, we may never have that wall. Do not sign it. And then he must've read it because he, he hinted Friday morning that he was going to, that he might, that he might veto it. But he rolled, he rolled over. He's not to stop spending. He needs to teach the, the Republicans how to fight. You know, I think it was Ann Coulter that said every time that every time that, or it was either Ann Coulter or Dinesh D'Souza that said every time that uh, the Republicans get in a fight, they assume they're fighting posi- the fetal position. That's their war. That's their war uh, position. They just roll over and play dead. And uh, you know, hey, we're in charge now. It's time to start acting like we're in charge. Whereas the uh, the Democrats, they go for the throat. They play dirty. They got they got control of everything. They're going to take advantage of it, and they're going to they're going to just turn the whole country over whereas the GOP ah, eh, well we want to be fair we want to be fair let's not let's not lower ourselves to their level let's just be diplomatic well you know what they're not really happy with this let's give them a little something let's bend a little bit just so we you know what we don't have to bend we don't have to bend we only have X amount of years to fix this country Time to grow some stones, kids. So anyway, uh, here's a recap of the of the omnibus spending bill. The government has already shut down twice this year. First in January for three days during the standoff uh, uh, over the DACA program. And then in February, Senator Rand Paul effectively shut down uh, the government himself. His time uh, only for a few hours, only for a few hours overnight in the stand against the deal that would remove the Obama era government budget caps on domestic and military spending that were uh, passed in 2013 under sequestration, which was, uh, hey, we're going to give you six months to resolve this stuff, but if you don't resolve it in six months, then we're cutting back the military by $600 billion, and we're uh, doing this and we're doing that. And uh, I think uh, Obama did that to kind of force everybody to come up with a, with a, uh, with a uh, solution to whatever they were working on in the budget. And uh, when they couldn't come to a solution, it, he did, I don't think he ever thought it was going to happen. Um, now Trump wants to remove those sequester uh, caps to raise military pay, which I'm okay with, and increase the border security. Here's Laura Ingram talking to Congressman Steve Scalise about how this makes the Republicans look. But Congressman, I, I've got to get into here on the, on the sequester caps, which I know were considered a very harsh measure. And when those sequester caps were in, they didn't decrease spending. They decreased the rate of increase in spending. That's crazy Washington speak. So the military did have some cutbacks, but the cutbacks were across the board. And the budget deficit under Obama, and for a few years, did begin to go down. So now Republicans are in charge, and it's like, well, the military needs another $300 billion, and this project needs a couple, you know, $20 billion here and $30 billion there. And all of a sudden we turn around, and the Republicans are the party of big spending, Congressman. So how do we, as conservatives, hold up that mantle of fiscal responsibility if, indeed, we're blowing the budget again because, uh, yeah. you know, we're, uh, we're, you know, we're going to spend more money in the military? 
Well, and, and I think, again, one of our basic functions as a government is to fund and provide for our national defense. We shouldn't pit fiscal discipline against providing for our nation's defense. That's the two $700 are not, billion. Dollars, they're not interoperable. That's so a you can lot do of both. Yeah, that's a lot of dough. And I, and I agree we shouldn't put our, uh, our national security against fiscal discipline. But we got to do them both. we got to protect the country and we got to have fi- f- uh, fiscal discipline. And, uh, you know, it bothers me the way uh, Chuck Schumer and uh, Nancy Pelosi were, were looking like the cat that just ate the, the mouse or the chicken or something after this thing got done. Oh, <laughs> we got it. We got our, our budget. Hey, anyway, I'm out of time for part one of the main event. We'll be back after five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, and commercials, and we'll, we'll continue talking about this budget thing. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about uh, finance or mortgages on the or real estate on the uh, on the radio because I find you guys might think it's boring, but believe me, it's not boring. And if you need one, call me. Nobody does them. Nobody does them better, faster, or will treat you with more. Uh, more concerned for what's best for you than wholesale capital. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. Um, and don't forget the listener hotline. If I've said anything already that's made you mad or made you uh, proud or you're, hey, you want to tell me that I'm doing a good job or if you want to tell me, hey, where are you coming from, dude? Uh, 855 640 2092 and i might even uh, speak clear so i might even play your uh, your uh, your comments on the on the uh, show like this i just think you're doing a fantastic job and you make so much sense to me and especially i, I enjoyed you putting this the florida students uh perspective uh or viewpoint into perspective because they're not really adults they're just kids, and they don't know everything that an experienced adult does. So, and I just think that you're a very uh, wise person to, to, you just come right out and say where you stand. There's no playing games. There's no hiding. There's no hidden agenda. You're just straight out with your viewpoints. Or how about this one? Loved your last show. Amazing. Um it should re- be required listening for all people. Thank you. I appreciate you a lot. I need to start playing these more more timely so I remember which shows they were talking about. But hey, when you leave those messages, I hear them. I hear them every week. It's uh, when Brooke puts my uh, when Brooke uh, helps put my show together. We fit, decide what uh, how much time we have to fit in here, and I have to leave some uh, some time for babbling. So I babble too much, and sometimes I can't get these in. So uh, so keep calling if you if I'm inspiring you. And even though those of you that uh, I haven't had anybody calling say anything nasty in a while, but uh, hey. I'll put those on too. I'm not afraid. So uh, let's see where I left off here. Um, so we're talking about the the omnibus bill. Here's some uh, some of the shortcomings of this this 2,300 page bill that we. You know what? This almost reminds me of. I don't know what was that big thing they did that was thousands of pages. Uh, Obamacare. Oh yeah. And I remember. Uh, I remember uh, John Boehner. Right before they voted, you know nobody nobody read this thing. You know this isn't the right thing to do. 
Somebody should have been doing that last night when they uh, when they voted on this thing. Here's some of the shortcomings of the omnibus bill. No funding for the wall, only a 33-mile part. Oh, I think it's 33-mile. I think uh, Paul Ryan says it's 100 miles. I've heard 100 miles. I've heard 74 miles. I've heard 92 miles. I've heard a few different versions of it. No funding for the wall, only a partial fence that will not be made out of concrete and would cost $641 million. And I'll let, uh, I'll let Paul Ryan explain that a little bit. No defunding of sanctuary cities. It'll just, it will just be continuation of the status quo because Democrats threatened to torpedo the bill if it included new rules allowing administration to block federal funding to sanctuary cities. Hey, you know what? I got to give a shout out to the city of Los Alamitos who had the, who had the, the, uh, the, the ethics, the moral turpitude, the, uh, the, the character to say, hey, we are not abiding by our sanctuary state status. If you're, a, if you're an illegal alien here and you break the law, we're, we're going to cooperate with the ICE agents and you're going away. And uh, you know what? City of Los Alamitos, you know what? My hat is off to you for that. Um, no new money for additional ICE agents or detention beds at the border. No defunding of Planned Parenthood. In fact, they get a half a billion dollars in this thing. Laura Ingram asked the congressman about these missed opportunities for Republicans. Planned Parenthood will be fully funded in this bill, correct? Not fully funded, but look, they, they've been getting funding for a long time. We're trying to roll that back. Our health care bill, which passed the House and failed in the Senate by one vote, would have fully defunded right. Planned Parenthood. So we got to continue that fight. I'm not done with that fight. I've worked very closely with all the pro-life groups. And none of us should give up on that fight, but we are going to be rolling back some of the money that they're getting. But then one of my favorite Trump administration people, uh, Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney, and also the the interim director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I love this guy because he makes uh, he, he hey, explain it to me like I'm a six year old. Explain this where where it makes sense. What what's going on? Um, I don't know that I agree with him 100 percent on this clip, but I like the way he does things. I like the way he uh, is running this, the CFPB. I like the way he asks for a zero budget. Uh, hey, how much money do you need for your budget for your Department of Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? Oh, nothing. We have 170 some billion not million dollars in in a slush fund. Why do we need any more of the uh, of the taxpayers' money for this? Uh, we don't. And uh, so I really like this guy. Um, here's what he said about the bill. Uh, trying to get the president's priorities funded, and this omnibus bill does that. It funds national defense. As you heard Sarah mention, it gives the troops the increase that we were trying to get them in their in their compensation. It funds opioids. It funds school safety. It's a tremendous increase in workforce development, something that doesn't get a lot of attention, but this administration has been pushing since we got here. It actually starts taking a look of, uh, at funding infrastructure, um, and it also does a lot of what we wanted, not everything we wanted, but a lot of what we wanted on on immigration. So, so all things considered, when we look at the bill, we have to weigh what we asked for and what we had to give away to give it. So again, um, I don't know that I fully agreed with this. And probably last night I was, uh, last night being Thursday night, I'm recording Friday morning. Um, I was, I was mad about this bill because, hey, you know what, if they, if they do a bill and it only has $1.6 billion for the border and only $641 million, $641 million of it goes towards the wall. If we don't get a second bite of the apple, if we lose the house or the Senate, we're never getting the wall and we need to have that wall. That's the problem with every president in the last 25 years has promised boards, uh, do something about to close the border and none of them do it. 
and then it just gets pushed off, pushed off, pushed off. You know what? Trump is the only one president that I've seen that's actually trying to get this done and actually uh, follow up on his campaign promises. And uh, and I'm kind of uh, annoyed is too too light of a word. And uh, I can't say the other word that I that I wanted to say about how this makes me feel. But here's uh, Paul Ryan talking on uh, Fox and Friends this morning, Friday morning, uh, about about this. Let me uh, play part of this. What we did in this bill is we funded in the next six months exactly the budget request the administration asked us for the border. It's funny, we passed this bill, the House passed all these bills back in September, and we passed them with Republican-only votes. This has the exact same funding for the border in this bill that we funded back in September with all Republican votes. So it's kind of interesting, people are sort of saying different things now, but here's the point. The administration asked for 74 miles of border funding, border wall funding, we did about 100 in this bill. So we we actually exceeded what the administration asked us for, for the border. And here's the deal on the border. We asked the Border Patrol, what do you need on the border? And what they tell us is the conditions on the ground determine what kind of wall they want in different types of okay. places. So, for instance, they want concrete barrier with a fence on top with earth behind it in the real Grand Valley so it doesn't get washed away in floods. In the desert, they want a see-through wall so they can see what's going on through it. We do that. So we basically say to the Border Patrol, what do you need? Here's your resources. And it's $1.6 billion for the next six months, which right. is exactly what the president asked for. Later in his comments, I'm not going to play it because play it's another minute out, minute out. But later in the comments, he goes, hey, you know, you can't build a wall over the mountain. So there's places where it has to be. And I understand when you're going through the Rio Grande, you can't you can't create a wall that's going to create floods on either side. And you can't. Uh, and so you got to have a different kind of a, a barrier there. But I also know that uh, I seen this picture of this thing in China. Um, I think it's one of the few things that people can recognize from space. I think it's called uh, the Great Wall of China. And the pictures that I've seen of it, I've never been to China yet, but uh, and I don't know that I ever will, but you know, the Great Wall of China seems to be able to have no problem going over, over mountains, ups and downs and ups and downs. And it's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's, uh, for some reason, uh, it seems to do the job. So, and I always said, hey, that's the one thing we that we that we should continue to that we need to import from China, is uh, the blueprint for the walls. Does you probably could look at it and figure it out if you're a, a brick layer or a stone layer or a big block layer. Um, it doesn't look like it's uh, too complicated, but it seems to do the job. It's big, it's tall. You can walk on top of it. You can drive on top of it, and uh, it goes up and down hills. Apparently, uh, new technology is not that good. Can't do that anymore. And uh, and the other thing that Paul Ryan says is at the at the beginning of that clip is, hey, this is for six months. So when I start thinking about it, I go, okay, $1.3 tri- Oh, yeah, that's only six months worth of funding. So from that standpoint, uh, let's see, this is the end of February. So March, April, May, June, July, August. That puts us at the end of August. We start having this, this conversation again about a uh, budget. And I'm thinking maybe... My my thought is, and if you've read uh, Trump's The Art of the Deal or in, any other books that he's uh, that he's that he's written, or if you watch how he does things, you have to wonder. Have to wonder: Does Trump do anything not intentionally? Does he do anything by accident? He doesn't think about. He doesn't position his pieces like a like a chess player. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm going to move this rook over here. And then I'm going to move my knight here, my bishop here, and put a couple of pawns here because what this, what my opponent's going to do is this, this, this. And when this happens, my rook is over here and is going to take out his king. So 
I have to I have to think that hey maybe they're thinking about because you'll notice when uh, when Trump talked about he might uh, he might veto this bill he said because there's nothing in it to take care of DACA. Remember what the uh, Democrats were saying? We have to take care of the DACA. It's not fair. These kids are, you know, you took it off and we have to take care of them before the March 5th deadline. Yeah, well, they didn't seem to have any problem with it there. And I think um, knowing that he's going to have, it's going to be right before elections. I think maybe he did this on purpose because now you got six months. Now we're in, now we're going to be in August, September, right before the election at the first Tuesday in November. And we're going to be talking about the new budget. And he said very clearly, no DACA, no wall, no DACA, no, no wall, no DACA. So if they don't give him the other 25 billion he needs to finish the wall, uh, you know, and we're not going to spend it one year, but if he doesn't give him the appropriations for it, so it's the money's been, uh, been accounted for, then no DACA. And you know what? And I bet you they're going to say a big thing. Hey, you guys want DACA? It's 25 billion for the wall. That's all we got to do is we got to make room for 25 billion. And think about this 1.3 trillion in, in uh, 1.3 trillion. That's a uh, 1325 trillion that or three thirteen hundred and twenty five billion that that this budget is for six months. He asked for twenty five more, so it would be thirteen point five billion, thirteen hundred and fifty billion in there. So when they transfer this up to right before the election, and then they're gonna then they'll make a, such a big deal. And just remember this prediction. I don't know if I'm just I'm speculating. I'm speculating. I bet you that hey, right before the election, he's going to make a big deal that the Democrats really don't give a crap about the DACA kids, the DACA kids who aren't kids. They really don't care. They just want to say they do. They really don't care about anything but their own pocketbooks, but they want to say they're for the American people, and they're not, because otherwise they would make some give, up, give the country some tough love, make some tough decisions that are going to hurt at first, then, but then they're going to make America great later. I think uh, I think Trump is a very deliberate person, and I think that's what's going to happen. So uh, here's what's on the table. Here was here's some other stuff that's on the table on this omnibus bill as of uh, Friday morning. I haven't seen the final one, but this is this is the notes that I have. Uh, negotiators negotiators were finalizing a significant clarification to the Dickey Amendment in order to ensure the federally funded programs can legally research gun violence. Okay, we need to research gun violence. Hey, you know what? I, I did some research. People that, that shoot people with guns are, are whack jobs. We need to, to open up the HIPAA laws so that we can uh, identify those whack jobs. And we need to put some uh, good guys with guns at schools and, uh, and movie theaters and all that other stuff. So uh, that's my research. Hey, it didn't cost anything. Gun and school safety, two bipartisan bills to fix NICS Act and the Student Teachers and Officers Preventing School Violence Act would authorize millions of dollars in grants to help schools increase security and learn how to better identify potential threats. Hmm. That seems simple. Border security. Uh, the deal provides $1.57 billion for physical barriers and technology, $641 million for the which would uh, be to, uh, to go to levees and see-through fence Mentioned earlier, Democrats have uh, have held Republicans hostage on on what the barrier can be. And I thought it was just uh, I I didn't think it was they were holding them hostage. I thought it was I thought from what I heard from Paul Ryan. Of course, we don't know Republicans when they're Republicans when politicians when their lips are moving. You can assume they're lying. Uh, the vast majority of the 1.3 billion of the border security is for technology, drones and drones and uh, and uh, uh, cameras and stuff. 
law enforcement, the FBI, DEA, U.S. Marshals, and other law enforcement agencies will see a 3 to 5% increase in funding. Military and defense. The bill funds 2.4% pay increase for the troops, and the military will see a surge in the funding of $61 billion for fiscal year 2018. That's the largest year-to-year defense spending increase in 15 years. 2.4% increase for the military. It's probably a little less than uh, probably what they deserve. But you know what? Every little bit helps because those guys that are over there fighting for us don't make very much money. They make a hell of a lot less than our Congress people. And they deserve to make more. Um, and so do the cops and fire, fire department and all the uh, law enforcement. Except for uh, Andrew McCabe and uh, some of his people. Veterans, an increase of $2 billion will go to Veterans Hospital Maintenance and Backlogged uh, and backlogged construction projects. The census, for some reason, we're throwing an additional 1.34 billion at the U.S. Census. I fail. I I'm still at I'm still at odds at what do, what what does it really do for us? The census. Hey, they send you those forms. You fill them out. They make a bunch of data. They collect a bunch of data. Then then they send people out for the people that didn't send them back, and they tap on your door. I don't know because they don't do anything with it. Because uh, I seen video where uh, where someone uh, from went to some house in Texas and said, "Hey, how many people live here?" Well, me, my wife, and uh, two kids. Uh, well, according to the IRS uh, uh, records, there's about 20 kids that that uh, there's 20 kids uh, that are uh, that they have records that live here that they're paying out earned uh, earned income credits on, meaning a thousand dollars a kid, and this year it'd be fifteen hundred dollars a kid. Do are there 20 kids that live here? No. These kids don't even live in the United States. It's it's illegal aliens filing uh, phony tax returns, and the IRS just sends them checks. Send them checks. Verify later. <clears throat> if the census can't figure that out, why are we doing it? Uh, 2018 elections and cyber warf- warfare. The bill adds 307 million to the top of the president's budget request for the FBI's work to secure the 2018 U.S. elections and fight Russian cyber attacks. An additional 380 million will go to states to help them pro- protect their voting systems. Hey, it's not just the Russians; it's the Americans and everybody else who's trying to hack things because kids like to do that. Hackers like to do that. It's not just the Russians, and it's not just the and it's probably us doing it to the other countries too. So anyway, uh, there's a little piece of it. I'm sure we'll have more that comes out in the next in the next week or two. Um, I'm not really excited about it because it just kicked the can down a little bit farther down the road. We got a little bit, but we didn't get a lot. And I think the uh, Republicans need to get tough. So uh, what's next? Uh, Facebook controversy. People on the left and the right were both mad at Facebook this week, which I don't understand. You know what? If you're on Facebook, Facebook, apparently you guys, and, and, I'm, and I go on Facebook. I didn't for a lot of years. I started about a year ago. And I go on there, and it just makes me mad because I hear all the, all the morons that want to think, hey, if I post it on Facebook, it shows I'm intelligent. So uh, they post stuff on Facebook and just post mindless stuff, mindless stuff politically. This is the stuff that seems to pop up in front of me. How do they know I'm politically involved? They're doing secret privacy invasion on me. They know. But you know what? The other stuff is, hey, here's what I had for breakfast this morning. Here's here's what here's what my dog left when I took him for a walk this morning. Here's uh hey, I just saw this movie, but I got a sick stomach in the middle of it, so I had to go out to the bathroom and then I got my popcorn refilled and uh I missed part of, I missed the good part. And uh so uh, I'll tell you after I see it again on uh, cable when it comes on TV, I'll tell you if it's any good. Uh and here's you know what? The the stuff that people put on Facebook is just 
it's just baffling. And then you want to go in and say, hey, they're invading, invading my privacy by having me click on stuff and say, hey, let's have some of your personal information. So uh, I don't know. Let me let me let me uh, explain this a little bit. People on the left and right both met at Facebook this week thanks to a data breach that involved a political firm hired by Trump by the Trump campaign, which acquired access to private data on millions of Facebook users. Okay, so there's this company, Cambridge Analytica, a political data firm formed in 2014 and hired by President Trump's 2016 election campaign gained access to information on 50 million Facebook users as a way to identify the personalities of American voters and influence their behavior. Hey, have you guys heard about this thing called advertising? You don't think they do that? Hello? Cambridge was largely funded by a wealthy Republican donor, Robert Mercer, but also another person whose name you might not rec- you, that you might recognize, Steve Bannon. Here's the Cambridge Analytica whistleblower, Christopher Willie, Wiley, He's a he's a real piece of work. He looks like he's got pink hair and he looks like uh, I don't know, he's from another planet. Talking about Bannon's role in an interview with the UK Guardian. When I first met him, I knew he was Steve from America. Um, and then later I got told he <clears throat> was the editor of Breitbart. I'd heard of Breitbart, you know, it's the blog for angry white men to rant about whatever. Steve Bannon saw himself as an intellectual. We would need to sort of present ourselves in a way that was more academic, more academic, more sort of ideas focused and all that. It was his idea, Steve's idea, to give the company the name Cambridge Analytica. This sort of warped perception is infused into the name Cambridge Analytica itself. So you psyoped Steve Bannon, basically. In a way, he was he was a target audience of one, and you changed his perception of reality. And we changed his perception of what who we were and what we were doing, and wh- and what the situation that he was in. Yeah. And then from there, it was like you took that to then to America to change the perception of reality for America. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they did. They uh, they took his ideas and changed the perception of things for people. And we put secret secret spy scopes in Facebook and, and sent you guys secret messages and it triggered the way you think. What do you think? What do you think? Man, have you guys ever seen the movie Fight Club? Uh, see the where it talks about putting little uh, subliminal things in the movies? What kind of information was collected and how was it acquired using third-party personality survey app to lure people to... In- to lure people in, Cambridge Analytica obtained data, including included details on users' identities, friend networks, and Facebook likes. How hard is that to find? All you can do is click on people. The technique was developed at Cambridge University's Psychometric Center. The center declined to work with Cambridge Analytica, but Alexander Kogan, a Russian-American psychology professor at the university, was willing. Dr. Kogan built the app himself and began harvesting data for Cambridge Analytica in 2014. Only about 270,000 users had consented to having their data harvested via the survey, though they were all told it was being used for academic use. Dr. Kogan ultimately provided Cambridge Analytica with 50 million raw profiles. Oh, meow. Boo-hoo. Christopher Wiley went on to explain how using the data gathered on these people at Cambridge Analytica created websites and blogs and targeted their political personality profiles to influence their behavior. We will create content on the internet for them to find. And then they see that and they click it and they go down the rabbit hole um, until they start to think that, you know, something, until they start to think something differently. Thinking about that now, 
do you think that did change America or played a part in it? Um, I think it probably played a part. I can't, I can't say, you know, for sure whether, you know, what, what was the defining, what was the defining factor in, in, you know, getting Trump elected or growing the alt-right. If you want to fundamentally change society, you first have to break it. And it's only when you break it is when you can remold the pieces into your vision of a new, of a new society. This was the weapon that Steve Bannon wanted to build to fight his culture war. Yeah, meow. This is the same weapon they used to advertise cars to you. You guys seen that that uh, that commercial on uh, the Chevy Traverse where the they say, "Hey, look at this this SUV. It's so reliable, and it's this, and it's that, and it's wonderful. Man, it's really sleek looking, and it has this, and it has that, and it gets good mileage, and it's reliable, and it's uh, it's really it's really affordable. And the most important thing is, open what's inside, and open the door. Oh, hey, your family. Oh my God, how are you doing here? What a surprise. Why do you think they do that? What kind of people buy SUVs? Oh, families do. You know what? Some of you guys, you're single. You get married. You're, you you got to trade in your sports car for a for a uh, for an SUV. Why? Because now you got a wife and you got kids and you're carrying a uh, baby uh, baby bags and diaper bags and toys and all that stuff everywhere you go. It's a secret way they're infiltrating our personal data. Hey, I'm all out of uh, time for this uh, episode of the main event. So uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week. Uh, Scott McAfee and I will have uh, Katie Hopkins on with on the radio with us next week. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 0114747 and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199.